Thanks for tuning in to Navigating the Work Compass, where we talk about all issues affecting women in the workplace and the workforce. I'm Kate Luzio, founder and CEO of Luminary, and this is my incredible co-host, Susan Chapman Hughes. Hi, everybody. And we are here to talk about what's going on in the world and what's not going on in the world. <laughs> That's very true. And yes, we are talking about women, but we're also talking about you two men because you're a big yes. part of the equation. And a lot of what we talk about actually is applicable to you as well. But we are excited to be here live at Luminary. Yes. And we're here launching today because we are going podcast. <laughs> yes. So you'll be able to find us on Google Podcast and on Apple Podcast. And we'll be so excited for you to go and listen there. So Shall we jump into the conversation? Let's jump in. Now, normally, or in the past, we've had lots of different guests. Yes. Uh, and we will continue to have those. I think it will depend on week by week. Today, you're getting just Susan and myself, but next week, Not we'll have just guests. Us, but you're <laughs> Not getting just us. us. Yes, that's correct. But um, we are, since we're now in February, we thought in November, December, this was all coming to an end. Then Omicron reels its ugly head and we are back in it. However, we're seeing signs of many organizations saying, okay, COVID's over, right. come on back. And so what we thought we'd talk about today a little bit is around both from the employer side and the employee side around how do one, we bring people back, not just moms, not just working women, but everyone in the right environment, but then also as an employee, how to get in the right mindset to come back if you're going back into an office. Yes, and so hopefully for all of you employers, you have been upgrading your HVAC, you have been thinking about flow in the office, you have also been thinking about how are people gonna interact with each other, whether they're in conference rooms or not, you also, I'm sure, have been thinking about, are you requiring people to be vaccinated or not to come back into the office? Obviously, some of this is driven by jurisdictions in terms yes. of where you operate. So the first thing is, especially for smaller businesses that don't tend to have big teams to help them figure this stuff out, figure it out. Make sure le legally you know exactly what you are supposed to provide for yes. your employees and then go a step higher. So, um, you know, there's lots of people who have lots of trepidation. Remember, this is one big change management exercise for you. You are still managing change for people in a way that has been very life changing for them. And so don't forget that. Mm -hmm. Remember that you should be upping your EAP resources for your folks. If you don't have EAP resources, figure out how you can get some EAP resources for your people. And for everyone that's employee assistance. Yes, employee assistance <laughs> plan. So whether it's counseling or whether it's therapy or whether it's just resources to help your employees, this is a great time to really up the employee benefits around the things that you're providing for them. Remember, they're still trying to figure out how to get their kids to school safely. They're still trying to figure out how to take care of their elders, their parents and their grandparents. They're still trying to figure out how to get groceries every week. So think about the task that each one of your employees is going to have to deal with and figure out how can you help them? What kind of resources can you bring to bear? Maybe you're giving them a gift certificate for a grocery delivery service, or maybe you're giving them a, a gift certificate for a food delivery service. Just something to ease the headaches of, oh my goodness, I now have to go back into the office. They're all going to be there. 
what am I going to do? How am I going to plan? I know for me personally, um, having had to go into the office for board meetings and other things, all these things are things that I've been like, oh my goodness, I have to plan for. I've got to figure out, well, how am I still going to make sure that these things happen that I normally take care of? And so I think it's important for people to do that. Absolutely. And we've had so many stops and starts over the past two plus years, right? We're coming yes. back. We're not coming back. What does flexibility look like? Everything's great. No masks, masks. Now it's vaccinated. Now it's boosters. And so people's brains are whirling, right? Yes. And it's not just going back into an office. There are plenty of people that have been in an office. Mm -hmm. They're working in stores. They're working in hospitality. Um, how do we think about making sure they not only feel safe physically, yes. mentally safe, and having, it's for me, Susan, it always starts with having a conversation. That's right. As a manager, as a leader, as someone who looks across their organization and talks to their people, you need to understand the individual situations for your employees. Yes. You should already know them given where we've been for the right. last two plus years. But if you haven't had that conversation and likely that conversation has changed many times because it feels a little bit like Groundhog Day, you really need to understand what your employees, what their situation is at home, what they're looking for and how you make it a win-win yes. for both of you. And so I think that there's two words that come to mind as I'm thinking about it. If I'm an employer, these are two things that I wanna really be clear about. What are my policies around managing people back in the office? And have I communicated those policies to people to make sure that they know exactly what to expect? So if you haven't really thought about your communication plan, you should think about, well, what is the communication plan yes. for them? Um, how will you make sure that you have already listened and incorporated that feedback into your policies? And But the second word that comes to, me, to mind for me is flexibility, mm -hmm. because everybody is not going to, it's not going to work for everyone in terms of one size fits all. Exactly. And so the having an exception process that is fair based on principle and drives flexibility for people when they need it will go a very long way for you in terms of earning the hearts and minds of your employees as they physically come back into the office. Yeah. And I think this idea of benefits has dramatically changed yeah. since prior to the pandemic, right? In the old days, we thought of benefits as just your standard insurance benefits. What does yeah. that look like? Now it's how many days can I be in the office? If I have to be in the office, can I work remotely from anywhere? Wait, WW Weight Watcher, formerly known as Weight Watchers, has a great policy of work from anywhere. Yeah. And they put that in place because they wanted to retain their employees. They wanted to look across their organization and say, we actually have managed by outcome, not by activity. We had the incredible Kim Seymour, who's the chief people officer at WW on last year. We'll be bringing her back actually tomorrow yes, for a live event at Luminary uh, around black women in the workforce. But thinking about that ability to manage by outcome, not by activity. I think the other thing that's happening is everyone is over Zoomed or yes. over WebEx or whatever platform you're using. And so keep give, watching them. Keep watching. <laughs> keep watching. <laughs> Giving people the flexibility to to build in time yeah. throughout their day to have an actual lunch break or five minutes for 
you know, a hygiene break. That is something that we're seeing in, in from a lot of the companies that we work with around. I feel like all I do is back to back to back. If I come into an office, what's going to change? Yeah, absolutely. Um, and so, you know, look, employers, to Kate's point, benefits have become the new hot thing. Yes. Uh, it's a good time for you to take a look at your policies. So what is your vacation policy? Mm. Uh, what is your sick time policy and sick leave policy? Obviously, a lot of that will be driven by the legal entity, you know, the legal legalities of the state or the entity that you um, that are you employed by. But uh, I've heard stories of people who are dealing with long COVID and it's totally changed the way that they have to engage, like because they can't do some of the things that they used to do before. If they are looking at traveling, that's going to be a different situation yeah. or they'll need different accommodations for that. And I'm not sure that many companies have ever re are really thinking about, well, how do you actually deal with these folks now who are going to have different challenges than they did before? It's also an opportunity for you to think about, is this an, a chance to enhance benefits for Absolutely. people, right? Are there things that are out there that you can provide for your employees that are a different way to think about? I know for many people, they've thought differently around how they save money mm -hmm. now, how they're preparing for their kid's college, what happens and from an insurance perspective. Yeah. And so maybe this is an opportunity to bring in experts and your partners to have a look at, a fresh look at what you're providing and giving people more insight into how to get the best out of those providers. Because a lot of times, many companies have great benefits for their employees, but most of them don't use them. Exactly. Because they don't know about it. Exactly. And so this is a, a really tremendous time for you and your communications around what your expectations are for people who are coming back to the office. But to actually say, okay, cool, Give me a chance to think about what else can I do for these people in the process and how do I educate them around the things that we're already doing to make sure that they get more out of it. And how do we ensure we're not creating this have and have not? That's a really big one. Right. So if I can't come back into an office, I'm no longer located near an office or I have a job now that has been deemed I can work remotely all the time. How do I ensure that I am <laughs> providing equally the right amount of attention to both people that are coming into the office, to those that are working remotely? And whether yes. that's full-time or part-time, that's a, this proximity bias was a problem before, yeah. particularly for caregivers, working yes. parents, right? That had to leave, that had to manage things at home. And that has just been exacerbated by the pandemic, especially since child care centers, daycare, whatever your, however you look at child care or, or caregiving, haven't actually reemerged like they were yeah. two years ago. Or they're changing. So, um, you know, for example, in my daughter's school, they um, let us know that maybe like a week ago that they're going to have an extra day for teachers to do prep. <laughs> and so it was like, oh, well, so that means we got to find something for the kids to do that day. That happens more often than you think. And that could actually come on the same day of a very important meeting that you might be having. Right. And so checking in with your employees to find out, hey, giving them an open door to share with you 
when they're going to have, you know, these things come up. And if it means that they don't have childcare or they need to be working from home and have their kids be around, maybe being willing to reschedule some of those meetings. Again, these are the things that are going to draw people in, get them really excited about the fact that you value them. And that's what this is really all about. Absolutely. Companies showing their employees that they value them and the employees feeling like they feel valued. And that is most times not about money. It's most times, now look, (laughs) if you're not paying a living wage, then don't do that. Um, If you're not paying a competitive wage, don't do that either. But beyond that, people will look to see how you are treating them in other ways in terms of whether or not they feel like they're, they're feeling valued. This is a massive people exercise. Yes. Right. This past two years has been a massive people exercise and going back to benefits as we think about what you're offering employees, what they want. How about asking them? Yes. Rather than putting in place a benefit for all this one size fits all approach. Um, it's great to have that collective benefit, whether that's obviously healthcare, um, women's reproductive, wh- whatever that looks like. Um, but asking your employees what kind of benefits they'd be interested in. I love reading about some of these companies, particularly the younger companies, and they're a little bit more nimble than the great giant behemoths that we know. Pet insurance. Yes. More people got pets in the pandemic than ever before, That's right? True. Pet insurance. That's if you're going one. back to the office, right, and you can no longer be at home with your pet all day long, you need not only pet insurance, you need pet dog daycare, walkers. dog yes. walkers, parental leave. I don't need those things, but Kate needs those I things. need them She's for my pet. two cats. Uh, <laughs> parental leave. Yes. Parental leave was a topic of discussion for many organizations that has become taken center stage. If you look at what Google has done pre pandemic, we have rock climbing walls, we have ping pong tables, we have free lunch every day, great benefits, great incentives to keep people in the office. Pandemic happens. That's changed. Yes. They're no longer doing that. They're focused on rightly. So how do we make parental leave longer? vacation days and make sure people use them versus they're sitting at home, working from home as they're on vacation. And lastly, around paid sick leave. Yes. That is something prior to the pandemic. I don't think we even had conversations about. So leaders, as you listen to this and you are reviewing the policies and you're reviewing what you, how you're going to listen to your employees and what you've heard from them, The other thing that we would challenge you to do is to actually figure out how you're going to put all these things in action and model the behavior. Mm -hmm. So are you going to publish your time where you're taking time off? Um, We heard a couple of weeks ago um, with one of our guests uh, where she talked about the CEO um, creating space for everybody to have a day off. Mm -hmm. And he talked about, you know, what he was going to do for his day off as modeling the behavior. Yes. It's a fantastic best practice. But one other really, really big one, and I would just implore you to do this, is if you're sick, stay home. <laughs> like, this is like a one of those big things that like, it's been sticking in my crawl for a long time because the natural tendency for us in the past pre-pandemic was if we didn't feel good to still drag ourselves in the office, coughing, sneezing, whatever it is, not feeling well, just because we had to work. 
you don't have to do that anymore. The best way to model behavior is if you don't feel well, if the leader stays home, then everybody else will start to stay home as well. And then figure out what is your contingency plan to back that person up so that they can take the time to heal and feel better. We just, you know, we sort of do that for maternity leave by providing maternity cover because that gives us a longer runway and it's a longer period of time. But why shouldn't it be when you have a cold or you have COVID or whatever, whatever. it is, even if it's a mild case? Like, we don't want to be spreading those germs around. And I know that there's a whole lot of conversations around masking. Should you mask? Should you not mask? We're sitting here right now. We're both vaccinated. And boosted. And boosted and tested. We don't have COVID. But more broadly... I'm still wearing my mask. Now, look, I know people want to do what works for them, but I think that, you know, if you're not feeling well, definitely wear a mask and stay home. So, and I, and I think we have to be very cognizant as in any organization, small or large, just what's happening in everyone's lives. It is really hard yes. to be a manager in good times. Yes. It's even harder right now. Now, many people would say, well, we've gotten used to this. It's been two years. We haven't gotten used to no, this. No, we definitely haven't. And as an employee, as you're thinking about all of these stops and starts and coming back into whatever that office environment looks like, or if you're being required now to come back in for a certain number of days a week, yeah. how do you get as an employee geared up in the right mindset yes. to be your best yes. without thinking about everything else that's happening with adding, I have to make sure I'm visible. I have to be present. Yeah. I have to be doing my best. Is that management by activity going to come back now that I'm in an office and my manager can see me every day? Yeah. I'm like, look, and, you know, in the spirit of, of, um, tactical advice, <laughs> like there's all kinds of things that you took for granted when you went to work before that you just really need to think through so you don't cause yourself extra stress. So let's start with the beginning of the day, which is what will you eat? Where will you get your food? So just be clear about like, well, hey, do I feel comfortable sitting in a room with someone else eating while I'm eating? If I don't, what's my plan going to be for that? How are you going to get to work every day, right? I mean, there's a lot of people who are still, like if you live in a city like New York, still feeling very uncomfortable with getting mm -hmm. on the subway. Well, does that mean you're going to walk to work or are you going to take an Uber every day or some other ride share? So what, just like think through your day, your responsibilities and what you need to do for the first week and just make a plan that says, you know what? Maybe I don't feel so comfortable. I'm going to pack my lunch every day. Yeah. And I'm going to let everyone know that, I really feel comfortable just eating by myself. But if you want to connect and you want to have a meeting, we can do it in a socially distant manner while we're masked and or we can do Zoom while in the office and kind of wave at each other from across the room. <laughs> like whatever, like it's going to be the thing that's going to make you feel comfortable. Don't be afraid to ask for that. Exactly. Because the thing is, people are not leaders are not mind readers and your coworkers aren't mind readers. And if you don't give them some guardrails, and some context for what makes you feel comfortable, then it's going to be hard for them to figure it out. Now, I know some people might also feel peer pressure not to do that, but I just encourage you, this has never been a better time for you to find your voice 
and start with the little things. So start by making a plan on what it is you're going to do, how you're going to engage and what that looks like for you. And if it means you're working from the office or in the office two days a week and at home the other three days a week, well, then figure out what your cadence is going to be. How are you still going to take those breaks throughout the day if yeah, you're working from absolutely. home? Absolutely. How are you still going to get lunch while you're still working from home? I mean, I find that when I'm out, it's so much easier for me to manage to a schedule. But when I'm at home, I like wake up and I'm like, wait, hold up. Why do I feel so faint? Oh, because I haven't eaten. Duh. You know? <laughs> so, um, you know, make a plan for it. Yeah. And I think that um, as you have those conversations with your managers and your bosses is, telling them what's worked for you. Yes. Why have you been able to be so productive yes. and perform at home? Yes. What is that a walk? Is that getting something to eat? Is that doing your calls on a treadmill? By the way, that's real. Yes. Uh, so have those conversations. Now, in the conversation a few weeks ago with Nita Malik, one of the comments that came in was, that's well and good to speak up and ask for things, but particularly for people of color, yeah. that doesn't always go the right way. And there's big fear of repercussion. This being at home has alleviated to an extent some of the microaggressions that have happened yeah. in the workplace. So I don't want to dismiss the fact that it's not always going to be easy and not for everyone, especially underrepresented communities to use their voice. Yeah. But you know, um, True, as one of those people. Right. Um, but I would encourage you to, you know, there's there's strength in numbers. And many of you all work at companies where they have ERGs, employee resource groups. And um, inevitably, there's, you know, one for people for your tribe. And so maybe what you can do is get your tribe to actually be the, vo the voice for some of the challenges Great that idea. people are experiencing. Because odds are, is if you're experiencing it, other people are probably feeling the same way. Um, also, look, most companies also have an employee hotline where you can report abusive behavior. Yeah. And confidentially. Yes, confidentially. And I would just say, light it up, make the phone calls. I've seen so many instances in the past where people have said, you know, I don't want to make the phone call. I feel like it's going to come back to me if I do it, or they're not going to do anything if I don't do it. But the thing is, is if you don't give yourself a chance by making the phone call, then they'll never know. And you certainly cannot hold them accountable for it. Look, I was talking, there's a group of um, women that I'm very close to. We started this crew called the Mocha Moguls um, at the beginning of COVID. We actually started because we were just having drinks um, to keep each other occupied and check in. But it's actually really turned into this really phenomenal resource for us to support each other. Mm -hmm. And you know, everybody, particularly for black women who are in senior roles and not so senior roles are feeling the pinches and the pains of racism right now. Just call it what it is. There's so many um, things happening out there that are pushing against a narrative of support for us as black women. Yeah. That it's just hard. So, you know, I just have had so many conversations with my mentees where I've just acknowledged like, yeah, you're not crazy. You certainly are feeling exactly um, what you are experiencing and you are very valid in the way that you feel about those things. And so the question for me has been, well, how can I support you to either address the issue with your leader who's, you know, causing you to feel this way or behaving badly. Right. 
Um, or can we help create new opportunities for you to not have to be in this situation so you can go someplace where you are valued and you are supported? Or can I help you come up with a plan for self-care so that you can take care of your mental capacities and your physical self as you're navigating through this? Because unfortunately, it's just not going to go away tomorrow. I mean, I, you know, I, I was talking to a friend of mine this morning and she's like, you know, I kind of feel bad because I have to acknowledge the fact that we've made progress. Like we have made progress, yes. yes, but we also haven't made progress. We've gone backwards in some cases. And if you, you know, if you're a data person, go look at the numbers. The numbers don't lie. Uh, and so fundamentally, you know, that means that if you want to still be mentally in good shape and you still want to um, have a great career and to be able to progress, you're going to have to figure out how you put these things in a compartment that allows you to deal with them, but also not to be subject to them uh, in ways that if you don't have to. Yeah. So, um, you know, talk to your ERG, figure out who the, who the voice is for your tribe. Again, this isn't a black thing, a white thing, whatever it could be the women or whatever. There's always somebody who's speaking out on behalf of, you know, the people yeah. in the organization, in that tribe. And so find out who those people are and get some time with them and say, look, I'm not trying to burden you, but I just want to bring this to your attention. You have to actually tell someone, you actually have to um, share those things. Look, I have had experiences in my career not so long ago where things happened and I was like, wait, is that... <laughs> am I crazy? I'm not crazy. And I either chose to address it or I didn't. Cause in some cases I was like, well, I don't really feel like just dealing with this right now. So I'll just hold it. And I honestly will tell you, I, I, sh I shouldn't have done that. Yeah. I shouldn't have held it to myself. I should have gone and had a direct conversation with the person who was causing it. I'm in a little bit of a different situation because, you know, I'm, I was more senior. And so I've, I've been more senior. I can have tough conversations, but um, I just feel like uh, we have to give voice to these trans transgressions, no matter how minor they are. Sometimes people are well-intentioned and they just do stupid stuff or they say dumb things. Yeah. You will know if someone has positive intent or not. Uh, if they have negative intent, you'll know and you should trust your gut on that and address it. You just cannot not say anything about it yeah otherwise it just continues to go on and on and on and then your voice just becomes lower and smaller i out two points there one i think if you are not at a senior level yet use your mentors and your sponsors yeah. in the organization assuming you have them talk to them ask them for advice how would they frame the conversation knowing your audience is really important as well look for allies within the organization on your team it doesn't always have to be someone more senior peer your peer group is extremely powerful the second point going back to the erg i think that is an underutilized tool for to leverage for uh bringing voices to bear when you think about what's happening right now for women, for the black community, for any underrepresented uh, people of underrepresented communities, if you are not ready or fearful of using your voice, if you want your voice to be heard, bring that within your ERG because that is a collective way, even grassroots, to bring that to your executive sponsor. In the majority of organizations, yeah. an ERG 
has an executive sponsor. Yes. They are not just there to put that on their resume That's that right. they are an executive sponsor. If they are, they're going to find out. Exactly. That's not what they were there for. So create a proposal, a business case around some of these things, whether it's benefits, whether it's compensation and transparency, um, transparency around compensation, whatever that looks like, leverage your ERG. And if you're not yet a part of an affinity group or an ERG, an ERG or a BRG, join one. Join one. Yep. Join one. And what we're seeing at Luminary more and more are ERGs amongst other organizations coming together yes. and learning from one another. What's working at your company? What's not working? What new things have you put in place? What's the influence that you've had, the impact? So think about that more broadly and also think about it that a role within an ERG can be seen as a leadership role. Absolutely. And it should be, right? And so challenge your organization to make sure that they are giving credit for those who take the time to lead ERG and lead ERG activities. There's no question about it. Uh, and so, you know, it's, I think, you know, my friend, our friend, Minda Hartz, yes. um, talks about this often, which is the free labor that um, <laughs> companies get when people take on these roles. And they shouldn't be free. They should be getting something out of it. And so as you're thinking about navigating, coming back to the office, leverage the ERG and figure out how you start to change the narrative for how things are happening in your company and find your voice. I mean, I just can't tell you that enough. There's so many young people, particularly if you are a people leader, these young people are watching you. They are wondering like how you're gonna handle these tough situations. For so many of them, this is the first time they've actually worked in a corporate environment or a business environment. Their parents didn't work there. They don't can't go back and call and ask for help. So you've got to be that person to help them navigate. And the example that you set will certainly be one that will carry influence well beyond you. Totally agree. Well, Susan, since 2020, our lives have dramatically changed. Yes, they have. Right? Both personally and professionally. We have seen since February of 2020, more than 5 million women exit the workforce, although that's slowly coming back. We still have more than 2 million women out of the workforce. We need our allies, our male allies to be aware and educated around how do we support these women, these employees, caregivers, working mothers with the 30 years of the labor participation rate for women wiped away yes. the pay gap widening more than 5% than it already was. We have a lot of work to do. Yes, we do. And so because of that, we hope that you will tune in to Navigating the Work Compass, our podcast and our LinkedIn Live, where we will share experiences, insights, and also have some fun while we're doing it. <laughs> uh, for some episodes, we'll have people joining us. We'll have inspiring guests and otherwise, we will continue to try to inspire. So thank you for joining us. And you can find us on Google Podcast, on both of our LinkedIn Live uh, pages, and on Apple Podcast. Great. Thanks, Susan. Thanks Always a pleasure. Kate. Wonderful. Take care.